What is up, y'all? Welcome to Culture with Leslie Lee the Third. I am your host, Leslie Lee the Third. You may know me from the Katie Halper Show. You may know me from Struggle Session. If not, check us out patreon.com slash struggle session or sesh.show or sesh.plus. We're all over the place. Every podcast app, you can find us. You find culture here exclusively on Call In, where guess what? You can call in to the show, talk to me, give me your thoughts, give me your feelings, give me your takes. Let me know what you think. Right now, I'm watching AEW Rampage Christmas show wrestling on Christmas. What is better than that? What is better than wrestling on Christmas? Nothing, in my opinion. I love wrestling Christmas. I love the tradition from Thanksgiving to Christmas to New Year's couple of days after especially in japan japan huge season for wrestling right now i'm glad aew is bringing back that tradition right now we got jungle boy versus isaiah cassidy in the ring sadly isaiah gets the jobber entrance sure short on time on rampage so they can't always <laughs> give people that full intro but thank y'all so much for joining us on Culture. We are live and direct. If you want to call in, please do so. If you want to talk wrestling, talk anything you want, anything culture related, I'm here. Enjoying the AEW, enjoying the wrestling on Christmas. Let me know what you did for Christmas. Let me know you spent time with your family. What did Santa, Santa bring you? Got any good gifts? Feel free to call in. Let me know. I'm going to hang out, watch some wrestling, talk some wrestling. AEW live in the background. Jungle Boy in the ring, one of the four pillars of AEW. They're starting to call him Jack Perry. Make, make us take him a little bit more seriously. Jungle Boy becoming a jungle man. You love to see it. Love to see a, a homegrown talent. Turn into a main eventer slowly. Seems like they're doing it right with Jungle Boy. Jungle Boy wasn't somebody I liked at first. I like him now. I dig him now. Very nice athleticism from Jungle Boy. I like the new gear. The darker gear. Very cool. Reminds me of... Who does it remind me of? Takako Inoue. Similar color palette to Takako Inoue. No, and Michiko Omogai with the frill and the leather and the cheetah print. It's a very Joshi style. It's like a 30-year-old badass Japanese woman color palette that Jungle Boy is rocking right now. I dig it. I dig it a lot. Thank you so much for joining us on Culture. We got a few wrestling topics to talk about. A few cultural topics to talk about. I want to talk a little bit about Christmas though. The Christmas Story was just on TNT just before AEW. I think it plays on TNT all day now. Non-stop. I think it's the rule. All day. There's like a 24-hour marathon. I used to love that movie as a kid, but I didn't quite... It took me a while to understand that it was like satirical. And also that it wasn't like filmed in like the 50s. I didn't understand either of those things when I watched it when I was like five or six. I, I, I understand it was, understood it was funny, but I didn't understand like quite how funny it was. That's one of those movies that just grows with you. I really like it. I think I like it a bit more every time I see it. I've seen it way too many times. But I always appreciate it a little bit more. Oh, Matt Hardy. Talk about appreciation. Gotta appreciate Matt Hardy. Just coming in with that big punch on Jungle Boy on TNT right now. Ricky, Ricky Starks is going wild on commentary. He's very funny. I don't know about Private Party. They were more exciting to me early on. I don't know if the association with Matt Hardy really does it, does anything for him. 
I don't know. I I feel like the tag division needs like something else. Something else to kind of bring it all together. Maybe those secondary titles, maybe those triple A tag titles can be the thing. If FTR starts putting defending them as well. I dig that. Not all the time. But I, I would dig it. I would dig some more title defenses. But talking about AEW. Dynamite this past week. Shocking debut. I guess one people were expecting. But probably not as soon. Kyle O'Reilly. Fresh out of NXT. Making his AEW debut. Coming in. Just clocking the hell out of Orange Cassidy. Which I love. I love seeing Kyle O'Reilly. This, you know, shoot fighter guy just coming in and just stomping and elbowing Orange Cassidy into the pavement. Just mean. Just nasty stuff. I used it in the show preview. I just can't stop watching it. He, like, gives him, like, a boot, a jumping boot to the gut. It's like the jumping boot to the gut. Bam. Then a head stopped and an elbow to his grill. Kyle O'Reilly is the man. I love Kyle O'Reilly. Such a fantastic wrestler. And I'm happy to see him out of the WWE ecosystem. I can't say I'm happy to see him out of the WWE because he was technically never in WWE. He was only on NXT. One of the more baffling things to ever I, I can ever imagine is that WWE took Adam Cole... Bobby Fish, Kyle O'Reilly, had them be their faction on NXT, had them, you know, winning their titles, running that, you know, developmental show for years, but never debuted them on actual main roster TV, and the next time people see, the first time people see them in a major promotion is on AEW. So what exactly was WWE developing all those years? Who was who were they developing talent for other than AEW? Like I can understand letting one of these guys or two of these guys go, but like a whole faction ready made, prepackaged. Obviously, you know, Kyle O'Reilly, Bobby Fish, Adam Cole had associations well before their NXT run. Kyle O'Reilly and Adam Cole tag team Future Shock in what CCW, PWG, ROH. Kyle O'Reilly, Bobby Fish tag team Red Dragon, ROH, New Japan, all over. So it wasn't a WWE invention. They kind of had a ready made crew and they added Roderick Strong to it. Basically, they were like Team ROH, more or less. But it worked for NXT. But it's shocking that the only person still with WWE from that faction is Roderick Strong. Probably a great wrestler, but probably the one of those four that I would think would least likely appeal to Vince as a main roster wrestler. That's not a knock on Roderick Strong or his ability or even saying he's my least favorite of that crew. I think he would be Vince's favorite. And so for them to lose all of them directly to AEW. And then them to immediately be a faction in AEW. My voice rose a little bit there. Jungle Boy with great Suicida. This match going a little bit longer than I expected. I like it. I, even though they gave him you know, a jobber entrance. This isn't a job match. And Christian, love Christian. Christian on the screen now, being the hell of members of Private Party along with Luchasaurus. I love Christian this year. Christian's been one of my favorite wrestlers this year, which is shocking. I think his matches with Omega were amazing. I think his then he goes in TNA and has some great matches too. He had a really great match with um. With the walking weapon. And then Moose. (laughs) 
So Josh Alexander beats Christian, wins the title in front of his family, and then Moose comes out, clobbers him, cashes in, and wins the title back. That was one of the best moments in wrestling of the year, by the way. Nobody, not enough people watch Impact, but people should because some really good stuff in. Jungle Boy picks up the win. Like it, like the association, like Christian hanging out with these young with this young talent. Look at Ricky Starks, man. That's 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 a cool guy. I like Ricky Starks. I've been following Ricky Starks for a minute. Since the days on the Texas Indies, a lot of my friends down there were always talking them up. MJF comes from the same um area era, uh, area too. Texas has ton had tons of talent, tons of indie talent. Who else was? Um, what's it called Ember Moon, aka Athena, ACH. I forget I forget his WWE slave name, but ACH, another great wrestler from the Texas indie scene. One of the one of the best. Lots of great talent in Texas. I think. Um, I mean Booker T, even though he says some goofball stuff on his podcast. Very good wrestling school down there. Yeah, he trained Athena. He trained um, Roxy, ROH women's champion, who is just a phenom. Lots of great talent coming up in Texas. That's why you guys see your local indie shows. I used to travel years and years ago. I, I used to be able to travel around and see different local shows. I would go to Austin a lot, go to Chicago. A lot. I see a few shows in New York. I got to see a few shows in Montreal. Indie shows. But when it came to Christmas time. My cousin had to hook up with the airline. So I was able to go a few times to Japan. For a Christmas holiday. And in Japan. You know. From I think the 23rd to January 4th. It's basically a holiday. A lot of shops are closed. Less less than, let, now that, you know, it's more global uh, economy, there's more shops open now. But it used to be, like, Japan was completely shut down for, like, a week. Now it's about half and half. There's only, like, one or two days where really everything's closed. But during that time period, since everybody's off, all the wrestling companies run shows. And you might not, it might be hard to, uh, you know... Picked this up as an international fan, but there are just a lot of wrestling companies in Japan. A lot for per capita, there's a lot of wrestling companies and decent sized ones, ones that have been running for years, decades, in different different regional promotions. Sometimes, so they have some out on the northern islands, some out on the southern islands. You know, full fledged wrestling promotions that have been running for years, and during the holidays when the whole country shuts down. Everybody gets to go to a wrestling show or two. And it's really fun. It's really like a ingrained part of Jap- of culture in Japan that I wish wrestling was in America. I think it used to be. It used to be, but maybe not anymore. Not post-WWE. But hey, we're watching wrestling together on a Christmas night. Thank you so much for listening to Culture on the Call-In app. If you want to chime in feel free to do so just hit the button call in all questions comments welcome we can talk wrestling but we can talk about pop culture we can talk about anything what have you been watching this christmas besides wrestling besides wrestling i personally have been diving into witcher which is season two came it took me a while to get to season one. It, it really took me a while. I didn't watch it until maybe a couple months ago when uh, Lenny Burnham was nice enough to invite me on to a podcast to talk about Witcher season one in the first book. And I enjoyed it, but I think season two might be a bit better. It's certainly easier to get into. If you tried season one Witcher and couldn't get into it, which I a lot of people told me, you can maybe just jump to season two because Witcher season one it's almost like just a prequel to the to season two, and they catch you up more or less. 
Oh, Rampage is back now. Miro. You know, Miro could be a Witcher character. Big burly man. Obsessed with religion. Lots of Witcher characters like this. Beard. Likes jewelry. Oh, you know, seeking power, seeking improvement, proud of his heritage, proud of his country. Very Witcher-like character. One thing I wish AEW did did that WWE used to be good at: get the wrestlers into little different sci-fi shows, little TV shows. If it's on HBO Max, there should be an AEW wrestler in it. Tie-in, and Miro's got to be one of those guys. Have Miro be a bad guy. On one of these little HBO Max shows. One of those TNT shows. Have them show up in Snowpiercer. Love Miro. Such a great character. Such a great wrestler too. Alright we got another jobber entrance I think. Yes it's time baby. Hook time. Hook time. Hook baby, please keep it all caps. Please keep it all caps. H O O K Hook walking down the ring. Cold blooded assassin. Look at that. Hook is ready. Send hook. Send hook sign. The crowd is going wild. I love hook. I love a young little badass Icky Man. Icky Man. Just like straight out of a fucking boxing anime. Reminds me a lot of, uh, of a fighter I actually know personally. Uh, Minoru Kimura who's a kickboxer. And I was actually his high school English teacher. Look him up. Minoru Kimura. World champion kickboxer. Just had his last uh, match. Yeah, I was his I was his high school English teacher. Sweetest kid I ever taught. But he reminds me but in the ring he actually had a very kind of negative rec- uh, reputation. Kind of a wise ass. Kind of a wild hair up his ass, you know. A hook like swagger to him. You know, very hip hop influenced. Which is different obviously for Japan. Oh, people are not happy about Hook being take being on the uh, receiving end of some offense, but Hook is hooking them. God, I like that they put Hook against like this big boy, very big guy. Hook, not the biggest guy, but they're gonna show off how his skills can overcome the size disadvantage. I like this. People are just mad to see Hook hurt. This is amazing. Oh god, he looks so sad when he's being hurt. He's so good at selling. I love Hook. Oh, the guy's talking trash to the camera, but then gets hooked by Hook. That's beautiful. Whoever this jobber is, pay him extra for that little touch. This guy is good. The jobber is good. Bronson. Bear Country. Okay. I th- I've seen him. I think I've seen him do some in some stuff before. I think I like this guy. I like the I like this Bronson guy. That was a nice little touch he just did. And the crowd is so mad to see Oh my god! Oh my god! He just killed Hook! Hook! <laughs> Hook bounces up. Alright, that's goofy. That's goofy. Come on. Don't have Hook jump from a pile driver. Come on. Alright, come on. Oh! Alright. Alright, Hook. Alright, Hook. Oh! Beautiful Northern Lights by Hook. Loving Hook. 
Loving Hook now. Everybody's ready for Hook. He's got... <laughs> Taz is calling for 400 pounds. Uh-oh, we got the Tazplex. Call it elbow Tazplex. Beautiful execution by Hook. It's actually amazing. Hook's not the biggest guy. Doesn't have the mass of his dad. But he gets him up there. He gets him up there. Taz has raised a monster. Cross faces. Uh oh. He's now he's. The red room. I love that he renamed the finisher. It's no longer the Taz mission. It's the red one. Why? Because Hook. That's why. <laughs> it's so amazing. Hook could he has. All his own identity. Like Taz has such an aura. Such an appeal. And then like. His hook has a completely different thing going for him. Completely different thing. Lots of talent. Lots of talent. I'm, I'm amazed by Hook so far. Can't wait to see him more. I hope he has the indie scenes. I would love to see him do more stuff. Get a little bit more experience. He's still you know a young wrestler obviously. But he put, he's putting it together. I love Hook. Love seeing Hook. Great, great second match from Hook. Didn't like the pile driver thing, but that's in all the AEW. AEW loves doing that <laughs> goofy stuff. I know, I know. I'm sounding like Cornette. I'm sounding like Cornette, but I don't like seeing people like get dropped on their head and pop up. I don't know where that came from. People think it's like what they're doing. They're doing like King's Road style, but that's that's not what happens in King's Road. I don't think any Kobashi Masala matches are just like somebody gets dropped on the head and then they just pop back up like nothing happened. That's that's not how that works. I don't know why they do that. What you are getting dropped on your head. Just just for the record. Like you are risking your life to do the move for real. You, you might as well sell it. I don't really see the point in taking a pile driver actually being Put vertical in the air and dropped on that stack of dimes you call a neck. And then no selling it. What's the point? I don't know. Sometimes I don't understand. I think, I think that's one knock on AEW and all of modern indie wrestling that I think they don't really get. Less is more sometimes. I wish more people would listen to that. Everybody thinks it's the only people like a, like a Jim Cornette who says it's fine. I think it's just good in general. To keep that in mind. But that was a great day. Uh, second match by Hook. I dig Hook. I dig Hook. He, I think he's one of the best young wrestlers. That I've seen. I can't remember the last time I've been. As excited. About a wrestler this new. But there's a few. Uh, but there's a few. Great wrestlers on the ending scene now. That I'm seeing a lot of. I know they might have a little bit more experience than Hook. Because I think Hook's. This might legit be his second match in the ring. That rarely happens where someone's that good that fast. But as far as new wrestlers I've been kind of into, Masha Slamovich. Masha Slamovich has been absolutely everywhere. Absolutely everywhere on the ending scene. Beyond um, CFU, just so many promotions. Every time and every weekend on like Monday morning, there's just all these gifs of her just murdering people in shoot fights and death matches. Just in you know, you know these super indie Joshi style contests. She is just a monster. Just non. Just dropping people on their heads. Chopping them down with chops. Hitting them with the sickest kicks you'll ever see. I love Masha Slamovich. She's just signed with TNA. She had after she had like one match with TNA. And they were like, we gotta sign her. Gotta sign her. TNA has a killer women's division, by the way. I, don't, I think they have the best of the major promotions with a women's division. They are the. They probably have the best. And not poorly utilized either. They do a pretty decent job of them. Uh, booking it. Deanna Perazzo has a great run. Mickey James I think is the current champ. 
But then they add Masha Slamovich, one of the hottest indie wrestlers there is, male or female. I'm going to be watching a lot more TNA. I, I, Impact, I should say. I never thought I would see the day. That the Impact would be one of my favorite promotions, but it is. Absolutely is. TNT. Oh, we got this pro- promo, the Eddie Kingston, proud, uh, Tito and Ortiz. I love 2.0 and Garcia. I love 2.0 so much. I remember them from back in the Takara day. I loved the. I liked them in Shikara, but I love them in AEW. I like their swagger is just so perfect. They're. Just like these high school bullies who think they're tougher than than they really are. And it makes for a perfect heel tag team. Always dangerous. You don't have to protect them. Good formula. Layla Hirsch, though. Another young wrestler who's absolutely amazing. She has not been able to show what she can do in AEW yet. But she's absolutely one of the best wrestlers on the roster, probably. Love Layla Hurst. Very strong wrestler. Chris Daller is not pretty damn good though too. I'm excited about this match. I hope it gets some time. We're about halfway through the show though, so maybe not two more matches to go. But these are two great young wrestlers. And the fans are pretty into it. Fans are very loud for Statlander. Oh, beautiful knees by Oh Hurst and the double stomp. AEW Women's Division. Hopefully picking up steam. Hopefully picking up a little bit of steam. We got feuds happening. Not directly related to the title. But we got a second title coming. The TBS title tournament. I'm hoping Jade takes it. I'm a Jade fan. I would like to see Jade take it. Beautiful Virgo Supex by Statlander. Damn, that's a lot of power. Lots of power there. Happy to be enjoying some wrestling on a Christmas day with y'all. What kind of presents did you get, though? What kind of presents did you get? If you want to let me know about your Christmas presents, please call in. My older sister, we did Secret Santa, so we didn't do a lot of presents this year. And we couldn't, we didn't get together this year. You know how it is. You know what COVID how it is. Lots of people had to uh, cancel their Christmas gatherings, I imagine. But my brother, my uh, sister's boyfriend, longtime boyfriend, also family friend. Got me a, a brand new Marvel Encyclopedia. <laughs> he got me a brand new Marvel Encyclopedia. Because he, he knew me when I was uh, 12 or 13. So he got me a Marvel Encyclopedia. Which I think is adorable. I love it. I love it. I actually don't... I'm disappointed in kind of the graphic design, actually. I'm disappointed in the graphic design. But I'm happy to have it as a reference. In case I ever need to look up, like... Who the guardsman is. Kevin O'Brien. Who uh, headed up Stark Industries. Research uh, division. And uh, helped Iron Man get Spy Master. Now I know. That's who guardsman is. (laughs) 
Legion of the Unliving. Oh, they've been defeated. So I don't need to look them up. It's not bad. It's not bad. I guess it has a lot of stuff. I used to be in the Marvel comics again, as I said, when I was 13. That's my uh, sister's boyfriend got me that. It's very nice. I like it. I wish it, would, it had better graphics design. Oh, beautiful knee strike by Layla Hirsch over here. We are watching AEW Rampage on TNT right now. Or Fight TV. I think you can get on Fight TV, the app. Layla Hirsch looking very fresh after delivering that brutal knee strike to Statlander. Hirsch has showing some attitude, slapping Statlander right in the face, getting on her level. Beautiful blue thunder bomb by Statlander on Hirsch. Nice, nice match so far. If you want to call in, talk about wrestling, talk about Christmas, please, please feel free to do so. If you want me to look up something in the Marvel Encyclopedia. Now now I have the expertise. Now all the MCU people who get mad at me for not liking the movies. I can just pull out the encyclopedia and show my knowledge of uh, who's one of the Marvel guys. Of Serpent. Uh, Cole Burnson. The older, oh, he's the older brother of Odin. Oh, I think they're all dead, though. I think all the, I don't think that'll help me with the MCU people. They're all dead. All the uh, Norse gods are dead now. They died off screen between movies. But it, just in case I needed that, I got a Marvel Encyclopedia for Christmas <laughs> from my, from someone who knew, when, who knew me when I was 13. And I, I love it. I love that stuff. I hate when people complain about, being treated like kids. I actually like it. I think it's fun. I like getting, you know, presents like that. It's just, I, I, I think it's fun. I think it's cute. My, uh, my niece and nephew, they kept, they would buy, get me like Funko Pops and stuff. And I love it. I don't own any Funko Pops except for the ones they got me. I love it. I love getting gifts that I, I never would buy myself. I like, I, that's what I like about Christmas. Just fun stuff that people get you that they think you might like. Layla Hirsch not showing the Christmas spirit, though, to Chris Statlander. Oh, hey, we got a caller on. Nick, you are on now. Feel free to unmute your mic when you're ready. Hey, Leslie. Hey, Nick, how's it going? Uh, just fine. Uh, I've got to be honest. Like, I I wasn't gonna go for it just because AEW it, uh, wrestling stuff totally over my head. And then uh, I saw that you're inviting to the room, and I guess I've got a free moment. But like, also, I don't really know what we're talking about. But like, I don't know. I've been a fan of you for six years. Here's just an excuse to say hi and talk to you. How, oh, well, how's it going? We could t- I'm doing great. Well, thank you so much uh, for being a fat fan of mine. And hey. You can, we can talk about anything. That's the beauty of the show. See, the here's the secret. I, I was, the, I was just for the record. I mean, I was into struggle session back when JDB was a thing. So oh, like, it's, wow, it's, it's been a while. Wow. Well, thank you so, so much, Nick. Have we met before? No, we haven't. Uh, just uh, you know, uh, I would retweet you. I feel like that. That's close. <laughs> yeah, that's close. Well, thank you so much uh, for calling. In. But no, see, the gimmick is I put on the wrestling, so I have something to talk about just in case nobody calls in. But if you call in, I can talk about whatever you want to talk about. Got it. Um, so uh, let, let's talk about uh, my my potentially polarizing takes, which uh, I, I have no idea how you'll feel. I, I guess I have some idea. Uh, Spider-Man No Way Home, good. Matrix Resurrections, bad. Okay, let me hear it. Let me hear it. I haven't seen the Spider-Man movie, but I don't know. I can see the way I dislike the Resurrections. I can see maybe liking the... Because the thing I dislike about Resurrections, it just didn't feel like it had the polish and the look of a Matrix movie. So maybe the Spider-Man movie has a little bit more money, a little bit more time in the oven. So maybe... But please tell me, what were your thoughts on it? So, um, did you do, I, I mean, I don't know if you're a fan of the Raimi Spider-Man movies. I've seen them multiple times. I wouldn't call myself a fan, but I, I dig them enough. But they're not the, they're not my favorite, but I, I dig them enough. So, um, I, I guess really, uh, if, if I were to defend this and even, you know, cause, cause I did pay money for it. I did see it in a the theater, uh, 
to me, um, I, I wasn't totally expecting to be baited by the nostalgia part of it. In fact, I mean, I saw all the leaks online pretty much the week before seeing it, but that just made me want to see it more. Uh, but I'll, I'll be honest, uh, all of that stuff, but like, he- here's the thing that I'm, this is the take that I'm convinced of. And if, and when you see it and disagree with it, I'll understand. Uh, but to, to me, it's a movie that did every, uh, stupid bullshit movie trope that sucks. And then somehow produced a really good movie out of it. So it, it's, it did the magic trick of doing everything that you're not supposed to do with a movie. And then I liked it. So I can see the argument. I haven't seen the movie. But I've felt that way before about movies. I've felt that way before about movies that absolutely seem like garbage, but at least at the time, I had a good time about it. I felt, I actually felt that way about Rise of Skywalker. I felt like just they threw so much shit at the wall that, but I didn't care about anything, so I ended up having a good time. I was like, okay, it's Baba Frick, okay, whatever, let's go. Little droid guy, okay, let's go. Oh, Lando has a daughter, okay, let's go. Let me have my popcorn get out of here. So you're saying that it did everything so bizarrely wrong that it ended up being having some sort of charm and cohesiveness. Correct. It's like, uh, it's, it's total pandering. It's, uh, Here's everything, like, if you have kept up with all of these movies, you've wasted 20 years of your life on this really specific section of pop culture. Here's everything that you could ever want in it. And even the stuff that you thought sucked, recontextualize. But here it is, all for you, all in one two-and-a-half-hour movie. This is, uh, it's it's nostalgia, pandering, here's, you know, remember this thing, here's the actor that you like in this and other franchises. And somehow didn't come off as, uh, insipid or you know i I know that the go-to term is cash grab and cynicism but it just didn't feel like that to me on any level you know i'm i've been skeptical but i have heard a few people say that this is a movie with heart so i'm i'm open to that and i haven't watched any of the other spider-man new marvel ones this is the only one i might uh, check out just to see how it all comes together because I don't even think the spoilers can really explain it. But um, what? But uh, what? You, what is it about the Matrix, a new Matrix that you disliked that makes you you know brings this tape together? Mostly that I, I, I mean the 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 simplest thing that I can say about Resurrections is that it was just boring. Um, I had to keep watching it in chunks that I kept kind of falling asleep through because it basically lost me at the beginning that like the whole conceit is maybe the Matrix never existed and it was the video game that Keanu Reeves' characters invented. And then by, oh, what is it? The the point where they show like Jada Pinkett Smith somehow like 60 years older and in Zion again and also like... Uh, guess what? We found Neo and Trinity's dead bodies and, uh, machines. We can, we can bring people to life now. And, uh, so they're alive again. They're back in the Matrix. We're starting this up again, even though I guess the whole stakes for the, you know, freedom of the human mind really isn't a thing anymore. It's just about these two characters and whether or not they reunite. And I'm like, I was fine with the bittersweet ending of them dying apart after Trinity saw the sun for the first time. To me, that's the only poignant moment in revolutions that makes the two movies worth it and kind of undoing that to make a thing that doesn't need to exist. I, I just didn't really get. Yeah, I absolutely agree with that. And in fact, that's something uh, I didn't get to say on our episode, a struggle session about it, but that's exactly it. Like I was happy with the ending of the matrix. One of the things I liked about the matrix trilogy is like, unlike the other blockbusters, they do kill off the characters. They do end the story and that's it. And that was a beautiful ending for those characters. And this new one explicitly was done to undo that for reasons no no other reason other than nostalgia and lana said this um herself like she this straight if you go on the wiki page for uh matrix reservations her quote is right there and that's plain as day and it's just i just don't like that i w- even if you were going to do a sequel like i don't see why you have to bring neo and trinity back in this way and also and even like i don't know there's there were more interesting ways to bring the Mac still uh, than what we got where it was uh, like, yeah, pretty boring in the beginning. 
and just comparing those early scenes with Neo in this movie to the early scenes with Neo in the original Matrix, when he ostensibly has a much more boring life and job, there's no comparison between the tension and excitement in the original Matrix versus the kind of Netflixy rom-com feel of those first scenes in the new Matrix. Plus, there's something so kind of uh, incredibly eerie and unsettling about the whole green filter effect in the first movie that they hearken oh, yeah. back to it in this one. But they're, you know, the whole uh, like glossy thing of like a bright Netflix production as the you know the the new Matrix supposed to be the the eerie antithesis of it or new iteration of it. It just doesn't really land for me. Yeah, like, it just didn't seem to have a specific look or style, which is, like, a huge part of what The Matrix is. Except for the the stuff that takes place in the real world. I think they did pretty good with that. But all the stuff in The Matrix just seemed really disposable and, sadly, fake. And the thing about the original Matrix is you start off, you know, it believing 100% in The Matrix in this movie just takes for granted that you don't buy in any of it, that it is just more or less a meaningless video game where Trinity and Neo can mow down hundreds of, you know, teenagers on the train and it doesn't matter. Which was Uh, another bizarre choice of just like, they're just mowing through regular looking civilians. But, uh, and, and I will, but here's the thing too, the real world portion of it, was almost the worst part of the movie for me because it was incredibly boring. Like, the only real character that we saw was Jada Pinkett's Niobe, but, like, it's not even full of crowds, and they're, you know, somehow engineering, like, artificial strawberries. Like, wouldn't it be more interesting if 60 years later the underground real world actually totally sucks, (laughs) and the choice between it and the Matrix is, like, you know, an even more kind of... A weird thing to wrestle with because if if the real world outside of the constructed reality actually has some real tangible conflict that you have to kind of process i think that that would be a way more interesting kind of parallel to real life right now oh yeah absolutely i didn't even think about that but yeah there is no like there doesn't seem to be any real conflict it is just a detente a stalemate but like if there were actual and there's don't don't seem to be that many people around in the world like you only see like 10 people and like all like that's that seems like a very big missed opportunity yeah it's wasted social commentary like show us the real world always all they really said was um the social biggest social commentary was that they updated the matrix to be like the 2020s because people were the more miserable people were the easier they were to control which i guess is something but I I don't I don't know I if it, it feels like there was a lot of missed opportunities if you're going to come back and make the matrix make a new matrix you can't just talk about the matrix and the old matrix you want, kind of want to do something new something interesting something that's pushing boundaries and I don't think this new one does uh, agreed. Well, this was, um, I should probably let you go before I take up uh, I will want to talk way too long but uh uh, it is a it is a pleasure to finally get to talk to you, sir. It's it's been really fun uh, keeping up with your social media life all these years, and uh, and I hope to do it more. Enjoy my five bucks every month. All right. Well, thank you so much, Ad. Do we, Jack and I, we do appreciate it so much. It helps us uh, pay our goddamn rent, and we really appreciate it, Nick. And please don't be a stranger. Please call in wherever you feel like it. Love talking to you. Love hearing from you. Thanks so much, man. Have a good one. Merry all Christmas. Right, you too. Merry Christmas. All right, what a wonderful call. Thank y'all so much for that, for spending this uh, Saturday night watching a little bit of wrestling with me. Love to hear from y'all. Love to uh, talk to y'all. Love, love that y'all are just sitting here listening with me, hanging out. I, I always appreciate it. Um, getting to chat with you on culture. We're just sitting here watching some wrestling. <laughs> Which, if you don't watch wrestling, you, you turn on the screen at least to see what's going on. Because there is a man in pink leopard print uh, tights who can defy gravity uh, as easily as one of us gets up out of bed. It's quite a sight to see Professor Wrestling. And he's fighting the man who has legitimately burned himself 
by putting himself through a table that he set on fire. He set it on fire and put someone else through it. He's the one that ended up burnt. Oh, beautiful. Jumping ace cutter. And this is like the head of the company. He set himself on fire. What other, what other, what other job is it where the boss is the one who does the crazy shit? Now, that's not always a good thing. Because if the boss does crazy shit, he can take time off. Underling, maybe not. <laughs> you know. Boss gets does some crazy shit, gets injured. He doesn't have to worry about losing his spot or getting fired. But, you know, still respect to Cody. Thank you so much for joining us. If you want to call in, talk about wrestling, talk about The Matrix. We were just talking about The Matrix. Hope you enjoyed the lively debate episode we had on Struggle Session about The Matrix. Resurrections. I was not a fan of it. Jack liked it. Our guest, Joan Haley Ford, she liked it as well. But I think the way they liked it was very different than the way I would ever like it. So we saw the same movie and we didn't really disagree about any of the elements. It's just that they were kind of happy with a funny satiric... They thought it was kind of like a satire version of The Matrix. And I was like, that's not really what I want. I think... If I want, if I'm getting the Matrix, I want the Matrix. I want the real Matrix. If you haven't seen it yet, don't go to the movie theaters. It's not worth it. And that's not knocking it. Jack said it as well. That's not knocking the movie necessarily. You might love this movie, but even if you love it, you won't. You'll watch it and be like, you know what? This probably wasn't worth risking uh, COVID for. Sad to say, you would think The Matrix 4 would be that kind of movie. Sadly, it wasn't. Oh, looks like we have a caller. Hansi, please go ahead, unmute yourself whenever you're ready. How's it going? Merry Christmas. Happy Merry holidays. Christmas. Merry Christmas, man. I, I, I had to call in because, uh, dude, you're one of my favorite podcasters in the world, bro. And uh, I'm glad that I, I, I get to talk to you time to time. I know I, I don't really talk to many people, really. You know, I'm kind of an unpleasant person, to tell you the truth, but... I'm glad that like you allowed me to call in, man, because um, I've enjoyed the content that you've given me uh, for the last couple of years that I've been watching Struggle Session and all that shit, man. Oh, well, thank you so much. Much appreciated. So what's on your mind tonight? Well, I, I did see Ma- I, Matrix, because I, 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 you know, Canada doesn't have HBO Max, like you can't get it here. So part of our HBO subscription, now on the demand, they have the HBO Max section. So now we're finally getting all the HBO Max stuff, and I, I gotta tell you, I'm not too impressed with a lot of stuff going on there, but, uh, but, like, the, I, I saw, I saw, I saw Matrix, uh, and I, 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 I thought it, I thought it was decent, like, I, I'm, I'm one of those guys that liked, like, I never, the thing is, bro, I never knew that all these movies that I watched, I never knew it was gonna become pop culture phenomenon, like, if I could go back in time, and, like, be a better analyst of, like, watching more movies, I would've watched more movies back then. I just wanted to be stuck in my wrestling bubble back then. You know what I mean? And anything that was like not wrestling, I would kind of just like. I went to go watch like uh, uh, Lord of the Rings, and I sort of I watched all three because my my friends are all going for a big event. We, we we smoked pot and all that. I didn't understand a goddamn thing in Lord of the Rings, and I just <laughs> I just I just sat there and I didn't want to ask any questions because when you ask questions, people get way more annoyed. But I gotta say that like not being like a pop culture nerd, I kind of did like. Matrix Revolution. I thought it was kind of a cool way to get there and all that kind of stuff. If that makes sense. Yeah, I can definitely see that. It's there. It's a. I can see it being an enjoyable movie. I didn't have a bad time watching it, and I would probably watch it again. I just I, I and I can see why a lot of people liked it, but ultimately, it just wasn't the Matrix to me. I just really, I, I just feel like they could have done more with it. I wish they had taken time. I wish they had waited till after COVID. I wish they had spent more money on the effects and less on the marketing. And I really, really wish they had done a video game in it. Because they keep talking about this Matrix video game, but they don't show us any clips of it. If you talk about a video game in the movie, you have to show it. That ought to be a rule. No exceptions. If you talk about a video game, you have to make that video game in the movie. I don't care if it's crappy because Law & Order does it all the time. The Matrix ought to be able to do it. 
Yo, I know there's another caller coming in. I just want to just talk, talk, ask you two things. I, I did, I did see. You know, again, I know, I know you're you're not the biggest Marvel supporter, so I get that. But like, they did something that WWE kind of did. Like, they brought in Wilson Fisk from the Netflix series. Oh yeah, that's, that's like the biggest example of somebody going from like an ROH NXT kind of run. To now being on the main roster with like they're, like, <laughs> they're more of a cartoon villain. Like they're, they're they're jobbing out to Kate Bishop, bro. Like you know what I mean? Like come on, bro. Like, uh, but, but, you know, but, but, but before I go, I just want to ask you: uh, How do you feel about the potential Cody Rhodes? Cause I, I saw the spoilers. How do you feel about the potential Cody Rhodes? Uh, maybe a heel turn. Do you think this is like long due? Because I read the spoilers. I'm looking for, I'm watching the match right now. I'm looking forward to it, but I'll, I'll get, I'll get your thoughts on that. And I'll let the other caller call. I don't want to take your your time, but thanks for letting me on bro. Merry Christmas to you, man. And I wish you all the best for 2022 and say, what's up to Jack for me. I haven't talked to him in a while. So t- give him all my love, man. All right. We'll do. Thank you so much. Anji. much appreciated. Cody Rhodes heel turn. I'm into it. I've been digging it. I like Cody. I didn't watch a lot of it. I didn't. I haven't seen like his ROH run and stuff. So I would actually look forward to seeing uh, a Cody Hill run. So let's take our next caller, uh, Jumpshua. What is up? Unmute your mic whenever you are ready. Hey, yeah, I actually I don't know anything about uh, AW. Rest. I just came in because I saw you were talking about the Matrix. Oh, and- please <laughs> go <laughs> ahead. I had just recently seen it actually um and you know i'm i'm doing an <laughs> i'm doing an mfa in film school and i sort of like just finished shooting a project on film so oh congratulations was, thank you and i i feel like i'm one of those bandwagoners who's like oh now that i finished a project on film like now seeing like a film with really prominent digital cinematography was kind of like uh, i i feel like this is the first time i've seen a wachowski movie where i was like this doesn't look great. And I, yes. <laughs> I, I haven't seen, I haven't listened to the struggle session yet. Um, and I don't know if you guys have gone over that, but it, that was very, very disappointing to me where I would, it's like, every, I haven't seen every Wachowski movie, but every one I've seen, it's just like, this is, I can expect something next level just in terms of visuals like and (laughs) yeah that was my main objection uh, yeah (laughs) it it didn't bother jack and joan they were more like well it's covid so you can't do you can't make a film that looks good i'm like well then don't make it (laughs) (laughs) personally but yeah it like it doesn't like bound you know like compare like bound to this on a much smaller budget, I, I, yeah. I, you want it to look good. I, my idea was like, if you don't have the time, okay, then scale the movie down some. Mm-hmm. Do one, do one or two fight scenes. Change mm-hmm. the story up so that it's less of a bigger story. Make it, um, you know, Chronicles of Riddick was this big sci-fi epic, but then the sequel to it, Riddick, was a much smaller one with a much smaller budget, but it ended up being like a good movie because just show a smaller chunk of the universe if you can make a big time movie and make it still look as good you know totally and i thought i thought it was interesting that it kind of is i thought it was kind it it is interesting that it's kind of is a smaller story i thought Um, as far as the scale go absolutely yeah right and then they still insisted on these things that didn't look i don't know all that like (laughs) you know i guess (laughs) covid or whatever and the fact that um i'm in the bay area and like a lot of my friends saw like the shooting and stuff and the shooting looked crazy like they were saying like oh but then it doesn't oh i did i remember that yeah when i that was what started to win me over i'm not remembering now because i saw some of those behind the scenes stuff i was like oh shit they're fucking they're doing it looks fantastic it looks crazy and and then it just doesn't show in the final product, I felt. I don't know. But that, so, that was my main thing. Yeah, so strange. Well, thank you so much yeah. uh, for calling in with of your course. thoughts. Thank uh, you so much. Please call, call in again. Much appreciate uh, you. We got another call on the line. But thank you so much for that wonderful call. All right. Next up, Lauren, please unmute your mic whenever you're ready. At the, it's at the bottom of the screen. Let me know what you're thinking. Hello? Hey, how's it going? I'm good. Um... I was gonna say, as far as the video game, I think they're they're gonna make one. I think you talked about the Unreal Engine kind of demo thing they did. And yes, I don't think Warner will 
let them use their, their property for that if they don't have any idea about that, you know? So I think they're going to make one eventually. I guess, were you talking about a video game in the movie versus like a real video game or... I got oh, a little bit late, so that's maybe that's why I'm Okay. Yeah, so I was talking... So in the movie, yes. the, uh, the character Neil plays is developing a yes. video game. Yes. But yes. when they show clips of that video game, it's just clips from the original Matrix. I yeah. actually wish they had shown clips from like that Unreal Engine demo of okay. like, oh, it's like an actual <laughs> video game. But so... Okay, so then I would say that they just didn't choose to, sh- to use it because if they had that in the talk, I think... Right. Okay. So that's a good point. So yeah, they could have used that. I mean, it would, it would have been so much simpler to you to use that for sure. But and then my other thing, my main thing besides the video game, I th- I feel like Lana Wachowski was more interested in the parts where they were doing meta commentary, and then as far as the action scenes, that was more studio driven. But I wouldn't know. Obviously, I don't know her creative process or anything. But that's kind of what came across to me where. Like, you know, we were, yeah, I think I see what you're saying a lot. I really do think I, you saying that, yeah, I do. It does feel like the, a lot of the action stuff was an afterthought, not yeah. the uh, focus. The meta commentary was the stuff that felt like it had a little bit more detail, a little bit more passion. Yep, yep. yep. Oh, I definitely see that. Because even if you can see with the Priyanka character, I think if they did less action scenes, they might have gotten the Priyanka character more involved because she was also one of the writers but she was like kind of like a, a guardian angel but that was also in the model where Neil was trapped so I think to me if they do a Matrix 5 they might go into that direction but I don't know also the, her sister not being involved maybe how much they want to do it even in the movie they said they said they said that we was going to do this without us yes. so at least one of us might as well do it so if they put it that bluntly maybe you know because the action was ridiculous, we don't care. We're just scared that oh, Neo is back. Let's be real. Most most of the people that like the Matrix, the Matrix, it's more about the themes and you know us being stuck in the loop of I guess capitalism. You know, I'm not gonna explain the movie to you, but you know what I mean. So yeah, that's what we're more into. Versus, I mean, you know, I don't know. That's that's how I felt. But yeah, the action was definitely lacking compared to the first one. I I won't debate there, no doubt. Yeah, so thank you. Yeah, I I think me and you are on very much similar pages about the film. I wish it could, I think it could have been better. I wish it was better. I feel like if you're, if they are, ultimately, if the Warner Bros. is going to make it without you, then just let them make it without you and then come back and do it. It did come back and do a right one. That's what I think is better. Yeah. Hopefully, maybe on the fifth, they'll get get both of them back. So that would be great. But, because they'll make a fifth. I don't think this movie is going to lose money because it looks good enough that they're not going to lose money. So they, I think they're going to want to make a mid-fifth at this point. You know? Yeah, so. they, I think they are, are going to... I mean, as far as IP goes, Warner Brothers is desperate for anything that works even a little bit. Like, I was surprised that they announced that they were going to do another Dune because Dune oh, yeah. really isn't going to make its money back, but at least it's su- it's some excitement, uh, it seems, right. for it. So they're gonna, they're, they've greenlit it. I don't know. I, I'll see if it actually happens. I think with a lot, I think a lot, Warner Bros. has all, has canceled more movies, uh, than it actually ends up filming in its universes, as I think, as most people have been following it, uh, it knows. So I, I actually don't know if there's going to be another Dune, but I'm fairly certain there's going to be another Matrix. Yes. Well, I think with Dune, having Villeneuve work for you as a studio, I think they value that more. Like, they'll, you know... They'll, ah, yeah. yeah. Because then they, they can be, hey, Villeneuve, you're doing this for us. We have this other thing. Can you... Because that's a, that's one of the biggest names right now in cinema. Like, even... He's, he's, a, he's a sure hand. He's a sure hand for them. Anything he does is going right. to be taken seriously and e- even among, you know, regular fans and get a little bit of a... Oscar buzz, and you know what? I may have to take that back because I'm because I'm, I, I'm just thinking Zack Snyder. Even though he was bringing and you know David Ayer, even though they brought him a, a lot of money, the Warner Brothers kind of stabbed them both in the back. And I'm yeah. realizing that it actually because they didn't get any critical acclaim. Villeneuve yeah. does get critical acclaim, even though he he loses the money. He loses yeah. the money, but he gets the critical acclaim with the his genre films that Snyder and Ayer don't. So I guess the people at Warner Brothers would actually rather <laughs> that uh, than the money. Because even me as a consumer, 
if I hear Villeneuve's name, I'm willing to give any weird scenario a try. So, and and I, and I, and, I, and I'm thinking that they know that they have that there is a fan base like that that would be like, okay, if it's Villeneuve, I'll try something. So, I mean, dude, I'm not as invested, but I'm sorry if they make another Matrix, I'm a sucker, man. I'm gonna go first yeah. week. So, <laughs> I actually, I actually, you know what? If Villeneuve made a Matrix, oh, I'd be okay. excited for both of yeah. those things. I think that would be. You know, a very, I think he would do something fun and yes. interesting with the visuals at the very least. And then I think that would be the best of both worlds. Uh, but thank you so much for oh, your man, call. Thank you so much. But, uh, all right, I'll, I'll keep listening. All right, thank you so much for that. Folks, did you see the end of that match? New TNT champion Cody Rhodes wins it again, takes it from Sammy G. Some people might say a little bit too soon for Sammy G to lose the title. Too soon for Cody to have it back. I think it's all good. I think it's all good. I think I'm, I'm interested in seeing. I'm actually okay with seeing where AEW goes. Because the titles, it's okay for people to lose titles. It's okay for people to win titles. As long as the titles are treated with respect, it's all good. And it's okay for people not to win the titles sometimes. And I hope AEW takes a, a harder line on that than the fans want because the fans think every halfway decent wrestler should get a world championship run. And I don't think that's true. I don't think that's true. I think of any 10 wrestlers, one should be world champion, maybe. Maybe maybe 10 is... No, no, 10 is probably good. Probably 10, 1 out of 10 on your roster. <laughs> maybe, depending on how big your roster is. Maybe, let's say, one out of five. Maybe one out of five. Just keep it on the safe side. Should ever be world champion material, you know? And that's not knocking any of the other wrestlers. It it takes just as much talent to be an underneath guy as it does to be a great underneath guy as it does to be a world champion in a lot of scenarios. Hell of a lot of scenarios. Don't get that twisted. But... As far as the person you actually want to say, this person is the best in the world, this person is our LeBron James, our Michael Jordan, our uh, Venus and Serena Williams, you should think hard about that. shouldn't just go to the, to the nicest person. shouldn't just go to the person who's decent enough. It should go to the person that you're willing to say is the best of the best of the best. And Cody Rhodes, hey, he's one of those people. So I'm okay with him winning that title again. And I'm okay with Sammy Guevara not uh, losing it. And I would be okay if Sammy Guevara never won the AEW world title. He's supposed to be one of the four pillars. What if only one of the pillars ever wins the AEW world title? Does Jungle Boy have to win the world title because they made a t-shirt because they say he was one of the pillars? I don't think so. Does MJF, Darby Allen? What if just one of the four of those win the world title? How much more does that world title mean when even one of the four pillars of the company, only one wins the title? That's how real sports are. There's plenty of all-time great, you know, players who never won a world championship. That's, that's nothing unusual. I guess in single, obviously in single competition, it's a little different, but... You know, team sports. Pro wrestling borrows a lot from team sports, too. Okay, so I think we can kind of mix it up a little bit. I think we can kind of mix our metaphors a little bit. But I think it's okay to have a lot a great wrestler that not, doesn't win the world title. And, hey, we have that in wrestling. Roddy Piper. All-time great wrestler. Went years never being pinned or pinned or submitted. Never won the WWF world title. He won the WCW world title. But even if he had ended his career at that point after leaving WWF, he's still going down as great. Now, that doesn't mean that they haven't been missed opportunities and there haven't been a ton of people who've passed through WWF that should have won the world title but didn't. But that was more a specific kind of era. At a certain point, WWF just started giving the title to everybody. And I don't think it worked. I don't think it did the wrestlers any favors. I don't think it did the company any favors. Certainly doesn't do the title any favors. I don't even know which title is which now in WWE. Which is the main one? 
It used to be the one that was on Raw. Now it's the one that's on SmackDown, I think, is the main title. I think it's whichever one Brock Lesnar has, you know that's the real title. Is is that not the rule? I I believe that's the rule. Oh, we got another caller. Hansi calling back. Hey, what's going on? Well, yeah, well, because now you're talking about wrestling, so you you asked about the titles on Raw. No, uh, the they, they changed the the Universal titles at the newer one, and like that's the one that like you know that like has all the hosses basically that won that title, while the WWE titles on Raw right now with the E. Okay, yeah, so that one, so I could I can see that. So it's the Universal title. That's the real one. And Big E has kind of the secondary one, and we know it's secondary because they have matches against each other. And he lost the the match to Roman Reigns, right? So I don't even know how you call Big E the world <laughs> champion because he's he's not he's not the world champion. You have the world champion is the guy who beat his ass. I'm sorry to say, Roman Reigns. Well, you know, well, 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 see that, that, see, that, that's true. But see, even though like me and you know that the WWE has a universal title at the higher value, there are like people like you know like online like fandom that still value the WWE title more because the lineage is much more richer, I guess. So they think that because like back back then, like the those like no black WWE title holders. But they won like the big gold belt, which was a secondary title. Thing. Yeah, I mean, it was like a primary title when Triple H had it, right? But yes. then it became a secondary title. So there was no one, there was no black person that won the WWE title except for The Rock. And then so now that like everyone's like, oh, Kofi is the second one, or he's the first African born. So people do hold, even though the company probably thinks the Universal is a higher value. They, but a lot of fans still value the WWE title because of the lineage. Yeah, they got some plausible deniability there. Well, thank you so much yeah, uh, for answering my question on that, Hansi. And thank you all so much, so much uh, for listening to Culture. This was fun. Thank you so much to our callers for calling in. Much appreciate you. As always, had a great time talking Christmas, wrestling, and Matrix with you. Please give me a follow on here so you'll know whenever the show goes up. I'm usually going up Monday nights. And sometimes Wednesdays or Friday nights around 8, 9, around this time. So please check me out. Please follow. You'll get notified whenever I go live. Check me out on Struggle Session, patreon.com slash struggle session, or sesh.plus, or any place you find podcasts. Just look up Struggle Session. Have a good one. Merry Christmas, everyone. Thank you.